a discussion with Ashley James. Welcome to Create with Trip Elix. Hey, that's me. In this episode, number three, I hope you enjoy my guests as much as I do. Now, the discussion with Ashley James. So, how long have you been in the health game, Ashley James? Um, well, I've been into it kind of my whole, whole life. It depends on what angle. Um, it's been, since I was six, I would say. <laughs> okay. Any particular reason? Is there something, you know, there's a lot of people that, um, that really don't understand, including me, uh, a lot of the issues or the reasoning behind holistic health. So why don't you first explain it to me in a way that I can get because I'm an outsider? Uh, good question. So about 150 years ago, our... Whole, our healthcare system before 150 years ago, our healthcare system used to be holistic. There was a lot. There was a lot more holism within our access to traditional medical health uh, help. Uh, then allopathic medicine came in, pharmaceutical drug-based medicine, and it has its place. It does have its place. It saves lives. The problem is that it wants to be the only answer. And through that, through 150 years of marketing, we've been taught that holistic medicine is what's called alternative medicine and that it's kind of quackery or something silly. Maybe you go, oh, go, yeah, sure, go buy a supplement. It's probably pseudoscience. It's probably just a placebo. And it's really been uh, downplayed, the importance of holistic medicine. Allopathic medicine, in some cases, is the antithesis of holistic medicine. Allopathic medicine is reductionistic in its thinking. It's compartmentalized. People who've gone to the Mayo Clinic or have gone to these large clinics, like the Cleveland Clinic, end up explaining their experience where they feel as though they went from one specialist to another, and the specialist didn't really communicate. You go to, if you have a liver problem, you go to a liver specialist. You know, if you have a skin problem, you go to a skin doctor. If you have an eye problem, you go to eye doctor. But where's the, where's the person looking at you as a whole? Where's the expert in health looking at you as a whole? Because the, the liver doctor should be talking to the skin doctor, should be talking to the eye doctor. You'd think they should communicate, especially if they're giving you medicine or if they see that there's a path that would help you to better health in, as a whole. So holistic health is looking at every system of your body, seeing that they're not separate. Your liver should not be separate from or, or treat it separately from the rest of your body because everything, every cell in your body is affected by one change or another. So holistic medicine is about looking at your body as a whole and then about asking the question, how can we support the body's ability to heal itself? Holistic medicine shines in prevention, but it also, there's many areas where holistic medicine works better than prescription drugs. It's good to have these extra tools in our tool belt. Okay. No, that, and, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. I went to, a, I went to one of those morning meetings where people try to sell each other services, but nobody really needs a service. So you're just there for the coffee and the donut. Right. <laughs> and um, 
there was this doctor. They, what had happened the weekend before is I'm handy. I build stuff. I make stuff. I design. I'm left brain, right brain, wicked. So I design things. I do electromagnetic. I do electrical manufacturing, computer programming, um, the website that you you prompted me to create a scheduler. To give you an idea of the path of that, um, I didn't end up using that scheduler. I switched the scheduler after you signed up. But the web page design and the functionality and all of that is me. So I created that on the rim and about three hours after you sent me the email. Um, nice. So it, just to give you a, a glimpse inside of me because we really don't know each other. So I go to this, I had built a barn or shed to put my lawnmower in, never built one of those and didn't have the right tools and ended up hammering a whole bunch. And I hammered so much that I was tired. My wrist was hurt just from beating with a hammer. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Kapinko, who has an office in um, a city near me called Canton, who was at that meeting. And he saw me. I had to write something, and I made a face because it hurt. And he said, your wrist hurts. And I said, yeah, it does. And I started to tell him what I did, but, you know, it was – I said, it'll go away in a day or two. And he goes, would you like for it to go away right now? And I said, Sure. And he said, the problem is actually uh, in the back of your shoulder. If you, uh, if you don't mind, let me move. And he put a finger up underneath my shoulder blade and dug around. And he said, how is your wrist? And the pain was gone. Turns out Dr. Kapinko is an actual acupuncturist who has had three children and his wife does not take any painkillers. He used acupuncture throughout her, um, her pregnancies, as the story goes. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've got some experience in your world. But and I also understand the disinformation. Most of my uh, my Twitter followers are um, fighting with various government controls. That seems to be the the unifying factor of the universe right now, especially with this COVID thing. But uh, I'll tell you that how I'm adopting the wariness of the microbe. Because I'm not, I do understand the things that we can't see, and there's lots of them, is I don't want to play with any of them. I had this phone call with my mother earlier who wanted to go get a uh, haircut, and I told her no, uh, because you don't have a filter, and we can't trust the other people around us. So unless we can filter out of it, we're not going to participate. So what do you do about microbes? 
What do I do about microbes? Well, there's a theory that, and it's more than a theory, uh, it's based in uh, naturopathic medicine, that the terrain of the body is the most important thing. Louis Pasteur said on his deathbed that it's not the microbe, it's the terrain. He, he saw that the terrain is, uh, what I mean by that is microbes will flourish in a, the appropriate terrain, the appropriate Petri dish. A good example is polio. If I took 100 random people and put them in a room and exposed them to polio, do you know that 90 people would experience zero symptoms? That statistically, only 10% would experience symptoms and 5% would need to be hospitalized or have some major medical intervention. That, that 90% would experience um, asymptomatic uh, protection. Their immune system would mount a healthy response. So many times we're exposed to microbes. There's, there's more bacteria and viruses in a liter of seawater than there are stars in the sky. We're constantly exposed to microbes, constantly. Sure. It's the terrain of the body that makes the biggest difference. When our body, uh, when the, the immune system has been weakened, uh, when we are malnourished, we have nut nutrient deficiency when we're under high stress, that creates a terrain that makes a perfect Petri dish for, for illness, for all microbes. Uh, even parasites, not just viruses, bacteria, fungi, you name it. So the, the first thing we need to do in pre prevention, in preventive medicine, is to clean up the terrain of the body. Eat a diet that is clean and healthy to nourish every cell. Make sure that we don't have nutrient deficiencies. Vitamin D is the most important vitamin right now in fighting, not just, I don't want to say fighting COVID like it's a cure. It's not a cure. But what they did is they found that those who are in the hospital uh, with COVID fighting it, that uh, they tested their vitamin D levels and all of them had dismally low vitamin D levels. I've actually done several interviews about vitamin D with doctors, um, doctors that specialize in the immune system. And can you, they can all you shoot me that. links to that? Because I'll put that in sure. with this. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they all agree that vitamin D, taking vitamin D is drastically important for the, for the immune system. Uh, the, vitamin D is not a vitamin. It's a, it's a hormone. It's a, it's a little, um, little misnomer. But, um, Explain it all the, the way. What, what, how is it a hormone rather than a vitamin? They, they classify... Right. They classify vitamin D as a hormone. It's, it's a fat-soluble vitamin. You don't actually have to take it in fat. The, the best uh, kind of vitamin D is, is cap encapsulated in a powder. Um, dosing is, is different because um, it depends on what doctor you go to. You're going to be told, oh, don't take more than this or don't take more than that. The holistic doctors and the functional medicine doctors that I work with say they've never seen vitamin D toxicity never seen it, that they only see in all that the, they're testing, all the labs they've done with all their patients through the years, they've only seen dismally low vitamin D and they've never gotten um, vitamin D toxicity. At the, if you take too much vitamin D for too long a period of time, you can have kidney failure and, and death. I mean, that's what they say if you Google it. 
but the doctors that I work with have never seen that, even if they prescribe high dose vitamin D. And what they've seen is that the, their elderly patients, their geriatric patients who all are on high dose vitamin D long term, have the least amount of flu, have the least amount of infections. So there's a huge link between vitamin D and the immune system. In fact, those who have developed cancer all have low vitamin D levels that they link uh, low vitamin D to causing cancer, to being, to being um, that close to the immune system. So we need the immune system to be robust. We have to support it. There are certain substances that dampen the immune system. Sugar, processed sugar, weakens the immune system. It puts the white blood cells to sleep. We need to cut out sugar. We need to cut out processed foods and chemicals. We need to cut out pesticides. In my 20s, I was so sick. I was on constant antibiotics. And then I decided to switch my diet. I went organic and I shopped the perimeter of the grocery store. And that month, I stopped taking the antibiotics. My chronic infections that I had for years went away. They cleared up. My immune system was able to get to a point. The terrain of my body improved so that the chronic infections could not survive in the terrain of my body because I removed the pesticides and the processed food and sugar. So there are simple changes that we can make to our diet and our lifestyle that drastically support the immune system, the body's ability to fight off infections. Stress, worry, fear, living in anxiety, and not getting enough sleep, all these things harm the immune system. So the things that we can do every day to lower stress, to increase joy, to get more sleep, and to nourish every meal, every bite of food should be food filled with nutrient, nutrient-dense food to support every cell in the body. Your best defense against any microbe is your body's immune system. We have such hubris to think that science could, could make some man-made substance that would be smarter and more intricate than our God-given ability to fight off infection. So I get where you're coming from, and but you used a couple things, and I really want you to give a better definition of them. One, you said you called it the, you made a reference to the human experience as a Petri dish, and you called it a, uh, uh, you the gave terrain it a of the body. The terrain of the body terrain. Is, can, yes. be, can become a Give petri Give a better dish. definition of that. So it's a, imagine you have a garden. The terrain of the body is the health of your garden, the health of the soil. Um, it can be barren. It can be, there can be no uh, mycelial network. And for those who don't know, a healthy, a healthy garden, healthy soil has a mycelial network of, if you dig three inches down, you'll find it's like, looks like white strings. And it's actually thousands and thousands of um, mushrooms. The mycelial network is how trees communicate and how um, all nature communicates with each other. A healthy garden has a mycelial network. A healthy garden has a microbiome, just like the human body. There are so many ways that we can see that a healthy garden, a healthy soil, um, mirrors our own health. So they, a healthy garden needs to have a balance of all the vitamins and the minerals, needs to have a um, good microbiome and all the help, helper bugs in it, a good balance of sand and of the... Um, so, so let me ask you a question. With the way that 
I understand in reference to what you're saying and in principle, but how do I, without saying that, oh, using the judgment, which is arbitrary of feeling good, because it's an arbitrary right. test, how do it, I it say is, I mean, that, you know, when I'm gardening outside, I can stick... Um, I can stick rods into the ground and tell whether the the ground is acidic or not. I can see what nutrient levels and acidic levels and what that mix is. Sure. So how okay. do I do it in my? So you want to measure? You want to measure your petri dish? Got it. Well, there's objective and subjective ways to do it. Just feeling good is too general. I like Dr. Joel Furman. I've had him on my show, and and he says. That, you know, if we judged feeling good with our food choices, it'd be like uh, everyone would be doing cocaine, you know. Oh, let, cocaine let me interrupt you, you real quick. What is your show? Because that's why we, we got together is to cross mix your show. What sure, is your show? Absolutely. Uh, my show is a Learn True Health podcast. Okay. And you are on the major networks iTunes. Oh, any anywhere you listen to a podcast, I should be there. Yeah, learn true health. This process, I've been in the, I've been doing the video thing for a while. I'm fairly new at doing the audio thing. Got it. So I'm splitting the video. I'm doing it backwards. Most people start out in audio and then they do video. They try to do video. So. That's not where I'm heading. I'm, I did video and sure. created it, so now I'm going to audio. Mm -hmm. But the process of anything, authorship or whatever, is not who you are, but who you know. So helping everybody that you can makes you better. I also, every time I do an interview, whether I'm, I'm the one being interviewed or I'm the one interviewing, I feel like I walk away learning something. Even if I'm the one teaching most of the time, I feel like I, I learned something. I learned something from the person who's interviewing me. I, I learned something because I, I said it in a different way or maybe one of their questions brought it out of me in a different way. So I, I think it gives tremendous value, not only to the listener, to the viewer. Of course, that's our main goal. But also, I think both the interviewee and the interviewer walk away better people because we're having an elevated discussion and we're both learning from each other. Back to your question, uh, Dr. Joel Furman says, um, if we made our food choices based on whether it tasted good, right, if, if that meant health, if or if feeling good in our body, if feeling good meant health, then people would do cocaine all the time because cocaine feels good. And I know it's a funny joke, but it makes you start to think, well, you know, feeling good, waffles and maple syrup feel good in the moment. You get a big buzz on from the sugar, but it's not healthy for you. So feeling good is too general of a term. I have a checklist. I call it a symptom inventory checklist. I have a checklist that I have my clients do once a month. And it has them go through and grade themselves. There's three columns. Uh, anyone can do this. You don't need my checklist. You can, you can create your own. The three columns are frequency, duration, and intensity. So you want to write down every symptom you have. And you can even also write down uh, the quality of your sleep, bowel movements, 
how many glasses of water you drank a day, your emotional state, your emotional mood, your body, your, what you feel in your body, um, any, any way you describe uh, the sensations in your body, whether good or bad, frequency, duration, and intensity. So uh, for example, let's say you have a symptom that's headaches. Free, and you, So you write down the frequency. Well, how frequently do you have these headaches? Let's say you write down three times a week. Frequency. Duration. How, um, how, so frequency is how many times. Duration is how long do they last. Uh, the headaches last two hours, so you write that down. And then intensity. On a scale of one to ten, how intense are those headaches? And you think about every symptom you have in your body. You want to make sure that you don't negate something that you have written off as normal because, oh, I'm aging and so that's just normal. Any symptom at all that you don't like. And you could ask yourself, if I could wave a magic wand and make my body perfect, like I'm 18 years old and I have zero health problems, what are all the things that I, I would erase with this magic wand? And then write those down. And so you track with your symptom inventory checklist. This is how you check in with yourself to see what's going on. Then you make changes in your life, your lifestyle. You go to bed earlier. You stop watching the news, for example. You go on a news detox. You go on a sugar detox. You remove processed foods from your life. You fill your plate up with new uh, vegetables, a variety of color. You use balsamic, different balsamic vinegars to make them delicious. Uh, you steam those vegetables, for example. So you're adding nutrition to your life. You're removing things that are harmful to the body. Maybe you take up walking, yoga, meditation, prayer, grounding yourself, putting your bare feet out in the garden. Maybe you take up gardening. Uh, you take up things that lower stress levels. Uh, maybe you end up looking into ways that you can better your emotional state. Uh, do, do get uh, get some kind of therapy or counseling that is supportive that you believe in. So you're working on these different areas of your life. Well, every month you go back to your symptom inventory checklist and you see, are your headaches getting better or worse? You don't look at the old month before what it said. You just do a new checklist and then you compare them because I've had people forget they ever had headaches. And then remember months later when they, when they, cause they weren't keeping track and they didn't realize what positive impacts these little changes had, like going to bed earlier, drinking more water. Most people walk around dehydrated. Dr. Molly Niedermeyer, a guest on my show, who used to be the dean of Bastyr University, it's a naturopathic university here, says that a 5% reduction in water uh, equals a 25% reduction in energy production. So most people are walking around fatigued, anxious, and in a state of stress and fear. And a, a physical, physical stressors on the body like dehydration can trigger a stress state in the body which can trigger anxiety and fear because our body is all connected. Looking at holistic medicine, physiologically, our physiology affects our mental and emotional health and our spiritual health and our energetic health. And so doing these simple changes are the first thing they're the most important things. They're the foundation of health. Drinking more water. Um, drink half your body weight in ounces. So if you weigh 200 pounds, drink 100 ounces of water throughout the day. Spread it out throughout the day. Um, that'll crowd out and push out those sugary drinks or those caffeinated beverages that people drink 
because you got to get in that 100 or 120 ounces of water every day, purified water that's clean and does not have fluoride and all the other junk that is put in. Get a good water filter, buy clean water. Get enough water in you, get enough sleep. Look into uh, strengthening your spiritual practices, your mental, emotional health. Take on daily habits that support your mental, emotional health and decreasing stress. Increase your nutrient intake. Eat nutrient-dense foods. Eat the rainbow. Eat as many uh, different vegetables. So, uh, of different so how do you get vegetables and that don't haven't been entangled with Monsanto? Well, I, I buy organic, uh, non-GMO, and local as much as possible, and I also that grow my own. That doesn't mean that it hasn't got been tainted right. by Monsanto. I I so there's a lot of farms here locally where I am. I feel blessed that I live really close to farms here, and and that so you just want to get a relationship with the farms. You can get a um, a box uh, directly from farms that you get to know. Um, but there's a lot of farms in my area that work with our local co-op. So you want to just do dig, do, do some of your own digging. And, and then I have a big garden and I grow my own vegetables as well. And then just north of me is a farm um, that's a U-Pick farm and it's organic as well. And so... Um, yeah, there's a, there's a big push towards, and being, been a push within, you're, you're in Canada, I'm actually in Washington State, but I am from Canada. Oh, okay. You're in Washington State. The, um, there's a push throughout the United States um, away from the mass production stuff so that fruits and vegetables, like I go to, a, I go to an Asian-owned uh, fruit and vegetable place that um, that sells everything much cheaper than the grocery store. Of course, they also get um, the ugly fruit and the ugly vegetables because um, they're cheaper than the pretty ones. And I got that. And that's fine because when you cut up a carrot, I don't care if it's just if it's ugly or not. <laughs> it's still a carrot. But um, yeah, the. Uh, how do you like the misinformation campaign going on right now around meat? Do you eat meat? No, I don't. Um, but I don't believe in diet dogma I, because I think I lose people. I would lose people before they would even listen. Sure. I'm not here to – I don't have a vegan agenda. I don't eat animal product, produce anymore. Um, and that was my choice, and that's where my health journey led me. Some people if, that I've met, I, I really truly believe that there are people that are allergic. Absolutely. That's why I, I had to follow my, my, my path to get to gaining right. my health back, and part of that was, was removing processed foods and um, animal flesh from my diet, and I noticed immediately I felt better, there's and I a, loved that. There's a major YouTuber that went on a uh, – they got very sick and came off of YouTube for about six months. He was hospitalized. This was before carb COVID. And his daughter uh, talked him into eating a diet that is primarily of meat and getting rid of all production food as well. So 
basically what he eats now is meat and apparently he's doing much better. He got out it's of the, Yeah, the carnivore diet, right. So the, the, yeah. the carnivore diet is Atkins. Uh, it just, it has a new name. And okay. uh, long-term, it, it's very acidic for the body. So h- humans are miraculous in that we are very flexible in terms of survival. This is how we survive for however long we've been here. Um, no one really knows. Some people believe we've been here thousands of years. Some people believe we've been here millions of years. However long we've been here and if we evolved or not, or if God just planted us down as humans, I'm not here to debate our origins. Right. Where did a lot come from? Why are we the only planet with, like us in our solar system, right? Um, I I feel what I know in my being is that that we have a creator, that that there is a that there is more to life than what we see. That there's energy. That there's that there's um, we, there's a miraculous. There is a miraculous, and our body has amazing ability to heal itself. We also can do crazy things and live for short term. There's been several people who've gone a whole year eating nothing but potatoes, and they wanted to document and show that potatoes are healthy. And at the end of the year, they got tested and they had zero nutrient deficiencies. How is that possible that someone who was on a 100% potato diet for a year didn't have a vitamin C deficiency or a protein deficiency or an iron deficiency? How is it that we could assimilate all of our nutrients from potatoes? And that's, we're beginning to understand that it's part of the microbiome. That's not actually us. It's the, 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 the six pounds of bacteria that we have in our gut that can help us assimilate and make nutrients. So we can eat really weird diets for short term. We could eat all this one plant or we could eat all this one meat. But I'm not looking to survive in an event where I only have access to meat or I only have access to a, one plant. I'm looking to thrive and live to be 120 years old to my genetic potential with no disease. So I want to look at what I can do to prevent disease in a maximum way, prevent heart disease, that's the number one killer, prevent cancer, and prevent all these other lifestyle diseases. And through all of my research, and I've done over 450 interviews with holistic doctors that reverse disease all the time and have published many studies on reversing disease, many of them do so with, with food. Many of them do so with whole foods, plant-based diets. Have um, you ever heard of Yule Givens? I don't think so. He was a media superstar in the 1970s, I'm going to say. He made up a mixture of different tree barks and was eating different things near the end of his life. He ended up getting some form of cancer and dying rather rapidly. In the United States, there have been people that have talked about the holistic method, including those that go to the Native Americans and point to the the idea of the center of the body. I just believe that, do you know what a soap bubble is? I, I know of a bubble of soap. Yep. That's what I believe we live in. We live in a giant bubble that is filled with gas and things. And we move ourselves throughout this soup or stew, half of it you can see, actually not even half, you can see very little of it. Right. And these other things around, and now I'm looking at it as 
or are these things, although I can deflect them and be easier on my body, or I can not participate with them. I mean, there was a, there was a, a guy that was talking about the microbes and what um, the microbes are a thing that lives around us. Why don't you explain microbes to the audience? Because my definitions suck. Well, microbes are, they, I mean, viruses, bacteria, mold, fungi. We have the theory that viruses are not alive, but most microbes are alive. Well, the microbes actually... There's another form that police use that is a new police technique. And that is that you can take a sampling of the air where an incident has occurred and grab the microbial stew that's present in the air. Because everyone has a very unique microbial makeup it's guessed that i have a i have a machine actually that um releases a microbiome into my house um, because there's healthy just like you want to take a, a probiotic for your gut there's your house and all of the services of your house have healthy bacteria and when you support a healthy microbiome of your environment, it helps to push out the unwanted microbiome. So yeah, it's in the air, it's on our surfaces in our house, it's on our skin. There's an entire very complex microbiome of the skin. There's, there's, more, there's more cells that aren't us <laughs> than are. So is the skin really this hard thing that surrounds our body or is it a microorganism a combination of microorganisms that are in a quote celluloid wrapper and make our skin well the skin is penetrable i know we think it's uh, impenetrable but one of the products that my listeners love the most is a magnesium soak in which you absorb 20 grams of magnesium through your skin by soaking in it. It's a purified um, concentrate from the Zextine Sea. Um, other uh, magnesium soaks like powders don't work because they've been ionically changed and the, the cofactors have been removed, but we can absorb certain minerals through our skin. Um, now, you can also, you could kill the microbiome in the skin. It's still considered skin. Uh, it wouldn't be healthy skin. We need that microbiome, the healthy microbiome, but you can kill it just like you could wipe out the microbiome of your gut. It's still considered a gut, but it's, it's not, not going to be a healthy one. Well, what I was getting at is that it's in the, now becoming an observable thing and being used in a different way. So it's not uh, 20 years ago, if we talked about microbes in society in general, you'd look, be looked at like you were nuts. So the acceptance of 
the acceptance of the fact that these things actually are recognized and are around us. This COVID thing, I think, is really great because it's going to teach people throughout the world that there are registers. The disinformation piece, however, is, and you brought up polio. Polio has a vaccination. You can reverse polio and kill it. You can't I, I, kill I, would, the, I would have you look into more information about that. You can't kill the flu. The, and in H1N1, there's 1,873, is that correct? Number of mutations for that? We've had really great success with homeoprophylaxis, actually. Homeoprophylaxis is not molecular medicine, it's energetic medicine, but we've had really great success with Explain it. Explain what that is. Um, so I've done several interviews on homeoprophylaxis with PhD Silla Whatcott. Uh, you could search homeoprophylaxis on my website, learntruehealth.com, for all of the interviews, because I believe it's been seven or nine interviews in total um, on homeopathy and homeoprophylaxis. Uh, hom homeoprophylaxis is the homeopathic version of an illness. And uh, so, for example, polio, they take the polio and they take the energy signature, essentially, and make a, make a medicine that doesn't contain any polio, but it has the energy signature of it. And they, when you take the medicine, uh, take the remedy, the homeoprophylaxis, your body is being exposed to the energy, the signature, the energy signature, the frequency of that illness. And then the, it trains and tonifies the immune system to mount a he healthy response when it is exposed to it. Um, it's been used and documented by millions of people in India and in Cuba. In Cuba, they had a, a crisis where they had, were hit with, I believe, three hurricanes back to back, and they didn't have the resources to make a vaccine for one of their tropical flus. And so instead, they made homeoprophylaxis, and they documented it, and they found that the homeoprophylaxis was more efficient than the vaccine that they use every year and went on to become more efficient for three years after that. that the, it has lasting effects. They've done this also. They have many studies in India where they gave certain homeoprophylaxis um, remedies for certain tropical flus that they have or tropical illnesses that they have there. And they would give a whole village, the, something that would be spread like dengue fever, yellow fever, some, something, or malaria, something that would be spread um, every year in a, when it was rainy season, when they, they could predict that it would be spread and a certain amount of people would always have it. Uh, they gave um, homeoprophylaxis to this one village and that year's no one in the village got any of the illnesses, but every other village around them did. And they documented this. So there's a lot of information out there. Of course, there's a lot of information against it. But if you look into it, you see that it's, it's just another tool. And why, why shouldn't we have these tools when there's no negative side effects? Why are people trying to discredit something that has been proven to work has no negative side effects that cost almost nothing to make and would not profit anyone, only help those who are in need. So why not take a little sugar pill that has the energy signature of something that you want to train your body in uh, mounting a healthy response against? Why not? Explain what an energy signature is. In a uh, the pill. frequency of that, that. So it's not the... So molecular medicine, you could take aspirin 
and you would you know be able to detect that it's aspirin if i turn it to a powder and, and scanned it with a with a machine you can detect the molecular makeup of aspirin but actually we, you burn it okay so you can burn it um there there's um there's a machine that my my husband's uncle invented actually that um is a mass spectrophotometer and it um it, it can detect when you put the machine inside like a rod inside the um the powder and it can detect the molecular makeup of the of the pharmaceutical so so you can detect a mo the, mole the molecules so there's this many carbon there's this many oxygen um with with homeopathy it's a sugar pill you put you try to detect what it is it's always going to be a sugar pill because it's not molecular medicine it's energetic medicine so people okay this is the body has energy. The body's made up of energy. Every cell in the body has um, communicates on a on a level of frequency. Uh, you can hook yourself up when you go to a hospital. If you went to the ER, they would hook your heart up, and they would sense the frequency that the heart is making. They can hook your brain up to all these electrodes. They could read the energy signatures, the frequency that the brain is making. So that's our why, nervous system. That's is, why what I tell people is that the danger and the massive danger that we have in ourselves right now are electromagnetic pulses electromagnetic things like high tension towers there's stories of people near high tension that uh, have received illnesses and clusters yeah. but it's yeah. really had the really what it was is an effect on the body quote unquote mm -hmm. by electromagnetic fields mm -hmm. because those if you want to see the the if you want to see the action of electromagnetic all you got to do is use a simple compass and get near something that creates an electromagnetic field and the compass will move yep. um move around and you can get that um, you can also use um, an AM radio. Um, oh, right! Go in between the freak. Go, go in between the known channels, and you can yep. hear because that's the actually the way the radio works. It's the same principle. It's Here's a test. I, exactly. Here's a test. Turn off your Wi-Fi and go sleep with no Wi-Fi on in your house. Then. Do an experiment. Just notice for a week if you notice the difference with no Wi-Fi, no Wi-Fi signal. Oh, don't have your cell phones in your bedroom. Turn them off. Put them in the charger. Don't have them in the bedroom. Go to sleep with no cell phone. You should not have a cell phone on in your bedroom. Then go one step further. Turn off the breaker to your bedroom. Have no electricity to your bedroom. Um, if you need an alarm, I don't know, get a, get a battery-powered alarm or something, put it across the room. But have no electricity. Have no uh, electrical currents around you, around your bed. Your bed is is made up of metal, and a lot of mattresses have wi wire coils. It is perfect for amplifying uh, electromagnetic frequency, like a, a whole. It, it just it lights up. People have reported that they hear humming when they're sitting in their bed. They're hearing humming, and um, I had this great uh, great guest on the show, Sal. Uh, DeLuca, Sal, Sal LaDuca, 
And it's like, it's, it's really an early on episode, but if you look up EMF on my website, it's a great interview. He talked about how there was a whole town in Arizona where everyone could hear humming when they sat on their bed. They couldn't figure what was going on. Well, um, we all kind of walk around feel, uh, believing that the energy, that's the electricity that's coming to our house is always in safe levels, is always managed in safe levels. But it's not a lot of times um, uh, the electricity can be uh, not in healthy ranges. So the frequency that's coming into the house can be unhealthy. Um, and uh, transformers cannot be uh, adjusted, calibrated correctly. So the whole, all the, the houses on that block can actually be getting dirty electricity that's harming people. But the energy that's around us, the battery backup units and all those things, do they affect mood? It depends on it depends on your sensitivity. It depends on the strength of the frequency. It would affect mood because it's affecting your nervous system. Anything that affects your nervous system affects your mood, um, but it affects the health of every cell in your body. I'll give you an example. Uh, Dr. Klinghart, who I've had on the show, he's kind of famous in, uh, in the holistic world. He's an MD uh, and a surgeon for over 40 years, but he was um, educated in a part of Germany where doctors, when they're learning to become surgeons, also learn to become acupuncturists and, and homeopaths. So he graduated as a surgeon and, and an MD with a vast knowledge of acupuncture and homeopathy. And his passion was to always find an herb or a supplement or a natural remedy that was better than the drug that they, the patient needed. And if, the, if he couldn't find it, he'd give them the drug. But he almost always can find a natural remedy that is even better than a drug. And so that's his passion. When he came to the United States 40 years ago, he was aghast to see that um, he, he, you know, he, I guess he grew up very sheltered in this one part of Germany where everyone took holistic medicine for granted. He comes here and no one was doing, was practicing holistic medicine and especially the MD who has almost no training in nutrition whatsoever. So he has a, a clinic just happens to be 15 minutes from my house and I've met him. Wonderful man. I uh, had him on the show and he said um, that heavy metals accumulate in the nervous system and there's, I'll explain how, one way how. Heavy metals accumulate in the nervous system. And when we are exposed to Wi-Fi as one of the frequencies, Wi-Fi vibrates the heavy metals in the nervous system, heating up the brain like a microwave. We see this most apparently in autistic children. He, uh, for 40 years, has successfully taken children who are on the, on the spectrum, some children nonverbal rocking and beating their heads against the wall or against anything or beating, beating their hands against their heads, taken them, put them on a full heavy metal detox program, removed them from uh, frequencies like uh, Wi-Fi, and they're able to talk, they're able to communicate, they'll look you in the eye, Many of these children are now off the spectrum, went through school, college graduated, live normal lives. So my question is, if, was it autism in the first place or are most of these children misdiagnosed? Because when I was a child and when you were a child, it, autism was so rare 
was less than one in 10,000 cases, and now it is one in 40. Well, the number yeah, is getting worse. but there's something else that happened during that time frame, and that was that the manufacturing of food didn't have a bias towards fast, the fast food industry. Most people think that the farms exist to fill our grocery stores, and that's simply not true. Most of the food production, beef, chicken, pork, is built towards the fast food industry, potatoes specifically. 90 or 80% of all potatoes that are grown in the United States are sold through fast food, not in the grocery store. The cows and the slaughterhouses that they're talking about and all these things with the meat production right now, because fast food doesn't have a way to, to sell the product, they're not buying it. Um, these things are, they're, they're going to end up going broke a lot. This is going to mess with a whole bunch of things. And I understand where you're coming from too, but the, the thing about autism and the thing about vaccination, vaccination didn't change as much, but genetically modified foods within the, the general population started being forced on us in the 1970s through the 1980s. So everybody, including your parents, were expressed and pushed towards and received modified food, which when you were born had those modifications built into your gene pool. It's part of the entire population's push and i understand where you're coming from and what you're what you're saying but I there's don't, I, there's I a backside in there's history. a bridge between what you're saying and what i'm saying and that's glyphosate so i had Dr. phd mit top research scientist uh, stephanie seneff on the show i've had her on twice glyphosate which is directly related to gmo because it's they douse the gmo in it, it's hard to differentiate between glyphosate and GMO. They're 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 connected in many ways. Glyphosate is, is a chelator. Well, uh, Roundup, Monsanto's Roundup, Bayer, Monsanto. The the glyphosate is is the chemical known as Roundup. Glyphosate is a chelator. The what it does is it binds to heavy metals, and it releases those heavy metals when we consume. So let's say you eat some GMO soy or even some lentils. They are spraying glyphosate on lentils now to force the, the plant to be harvestable quicker. So you could be eating something that you know is a crop that isn't a GMO crop. It's a non-GMO crop. Just because it says non-GMO doesn't mean it doesn't wasn't soaked in glyphosate. So glyphosate uh, binds to uh, heavy metals. And it will release heavy metals when pH changes. The, the, when uh, something goes from acidic to basic or basic to acidic, basically it'll, it'll release the heavy metal. pH changes in our body when one fluid is transitioned into another fluid. For example, blood becomes urine, blood becomes cerebral spinal fluid. That's when pH changes. So what happens when we consume something with glyphosate? Glyphosate is bound to heavy metals. We consume it. 
the blood then goes across the blood brain, the fluids go across the blood brain barrier and deposits heavy metals into the brain. The fluid goes across the kidneys and deposits heavy metals into the kidneys. Uh, Sri Lanka got rid of glyphosate because their workers were all having kidney failure. All the workers in the rice fields were having kidney failure and they had to completely remove glyphosate because they saw that uh, glyphosate as a chelator uh, put heavy metals into the kidneys and was causing kidney failure. Um, So Dr. Stephanie Seneff, wanted to figure out her and her team she's a whole team they volunteer to do this they don't make money doing this they're this is their passion project they're they're looking at the data of autism and everything else that's changed in the last 40 years what is going on and she sees that and her team sees that the events of glyphosate and the usage of glyphosate in our food supply is directly correlated with the rise in autism wow um when we take these children and we do a heavy metal detox and de- detoxify their, their brain tissue of these heavy metals, they get better. Mm. And when we put them on true organic food and we remove glyphosate from their life and, and we get them on a he- healthy healing foods and you know, support the body's ability to heal itself and support them in detoxification, they, 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 get, they move off of the spectrum. And these are these doctors that are doing this over and over again, are these holistic doctors like Dr. Klinghart. So what they're seeing is that glyphosate plays a role now. She says um, they've been looking at vaccines, right? Well, why, why are they looking at vaccines, but why can't they definitively pinpoint vaccines as the problem? Well, there are heavy metals in vaccines like um, mercury and aluminum. So is it, is it uh, perchance that... Um, glyphosate in combination with injecting these, maybe with in combination with our um, epigenetic expressions, our, our genetic ability to detoxify has been t- hampered by uh, the GMO foods, which has been seen. A uh, really good book Dr. Joel Wallach wrote on epigenetics. It's, it's called Epigenetics, um, The Theory of uh, G- uh, Gene Transmission. Um, good book to read to understand that when we consume um, these, uh, there's over 80,000 man-made chemicals that are in our air, water, and food now. Um, GMO foods, when we consume them, uh, when we consume glyphosate, when we consume heavy metals, these stressors on our genes uh, force our genetic expressions to change. And it makes it so that we can't properly detoxify. So certain children might be more susceptible uh, genetically to heavy metals in the vaccines than other children. But what Dr. Stephanie Seneff says is that the MMR vaccine contains glyphosate, that they tested it and found that there's glyphosate in that vaccine. And that's why her and the collective of scientists that she works with are saying that that vaccine um, is flawed because it is glyphosate. And so it, it is... Um, increasing the ability for glyphosate to deposit heavy metals into the nervous system of these children or adults, if they, the adult chooses to get that vaccine. So they're trying to expose this information and they're not, this isn't, let's not polarize the subject. This isn't anti-vax or pro-vax. This is pro-kid. So where are they receiving the most, um, are are they receiving the most uh, opposition? Do you feel? 
from what source? I mean, I could only imagine. I could only imagine that would be the pharmaceutical industry and and the government agencies that they own. I'm not. I'm not a an expert in that, um, but I am interested. I'm interested in focusing on what we can do as individuals. Because when we look at the big um, bubble <laughs> that we're living in of uh, corruption and all the agendas, right? We, right? we feel helpless and they want us to feel helpless. They want us to feel like we do not matter. We can't control what's going on so they can con- continue their agenda. Well, that seems to happen more in the in the medical field than it does in food production and it gen and, and in data and even in the giant war machine that same thing isn't true it's really only in the medical world that um we've got a an individual group that is just is just focused so much on a massive disinformation campaign to sell right. us a French fry. Well, every industry that wants to make money from us will defend themselves. And we have to continue to remember that these industries that market to us are not out for our best interests. There's no commercials for spinach and kale. You know, if, if you have to be marketed Popeye's to... Popeye's no longer on. <laughs> yeah, pa- exactly. I, I always think of him. Um, if we have to be marketed to, to eat something like eggs, butter, bacon, if you have to be marketed to eat something, they're motivated to get you to buy it, not for sure. your health. They're not motivated for your health. A really good book to read or to listen to, I, I've done both. I've read it and listened to it. And it's a great book, is Proteinaholic by Dr. Garth Davis. It changed my world. It is so full of science. It's like when you get hold the physical copy, it's 50 pages of scientific references in the back. But he paints a beautiful picture. The whole book is is him telling stories and weaving in all the scientific data to show you about what's wrong about the food industry and about our health. Um, So it's a beautiful book. Please definitely check it out. Protein. That I will. And I really want to thank you for this because it's really eye-opening for the people that follow what I do and they're eclectic, but... um, and some of them are re- very much into your line of thought, and a lot of them I know have no clue. But I want to thank you for coming. Really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this program, and obviously you did if you got to the very end. I would appreciate it very much if you would share this podcast with other folks that you know out there and please please leave me a review on itunes i really need to know that you exist i really appreciate it and i will be making another episode very shortly until then adios